Hey everybody, before I start the episode, uh, there's a long intro I have to it, and uh, if you look at the description of the video, there is a time mark where you can skip it if you want to. You know, that way you don't have to hear me blabber on forever, but essentially this is a very different episode I uploaded. This is one where I took a bunch of reviews that I did when I started the show, and I uh, put them together. Uh, reviews that I never actually had the chance to edit or put together before that dates all the way back to 2013 so if you're interested on the background behind it and why the audio sounds kind of uh shitty in the beginning uh go check that out and before i go to that intro i just want to like always thank my sponsor at galway bay located at 500 west diversity parkway in chicago illinois not that it matters right now since the entire city's on lockdown but while the city is on lockdown go to dualdrinkware.com on that website you can find all the stuff you can buy from galway to help support that business ranging from coasters to glasses to t-shirts i use their glasses and their coaster all the time i even have one of their t-shirts that has a picture of Arnold schwarzenegger from predator on there and uh That's a movie that I will confess I have never seen. I need to see it, and I'd love to talk to the owner who's been just fucking phenomenal throughout the years, Nolan Patrick Rafferty, about that movie and and get my hot take with him. Having said that, uh, there's going to be a little intro to the show, and just check the time marks in that description if you want to skip all that bullshit and (laughs) just get straight to the episode, but... I think it's a pretty interesting description, but then again, I have my own bias because, you know, I run the fucking show, so whatever. This is the most I've ever sworn an intro, and I don't know why. Um, maybe it's just because I am tired and also wonderfully relieved that the world didn't end on Tuesday and Satan didn't win the election. I just had to put in my politics there. Whatever. Anyways, enjoy the episode. Hey everyone, this is Mike from You'll Probably Agree, and today I want to give you a little bit of background about uh, what I uploaded. Um, There was a lot of material that I originally filmed when I started the show, and when I first started the show uh, back in 2013, I, I didn't really know what I was doing at all. I was a big fan of uh, Red Letter Media and uh, Nostalgia Critic, as you can see over there. (laughs) And I kind of wanted to do something uh, that sort of combined those two together into my own thing. And I also was very inspired by the Chicago sports writers, although I wasn't really into sports. I love the format of that show of uh, people sort of sitting around a table and talking about sports, you know, while they're having cigars and stuff like that. So uh, I decided, you know, uh, the, the thing that really brings people together are bars. And a lot of times when we're at bars, we'll, we'll get some drinks in ourselves and we'll talk about movies. And that's kind of how the idea of the show came about. Um, so I grabbed one of my friends uh, who was writing for the scorecard review dot com at the day, uh, Nick Allen, who is now a writer for RogerEbert.com, and uh, I uh, do some occasional uh, assistance on my own on uh, uh, Ebert.com, and uh, 
I grabbed him. I grabbed one of my friends from um, my second city uh, class at the time where I was doing all the uh, improv stuff, uh, Heather McLaren, and then uh, another person from my uh, class, uh, Brendan Smith, or as we called him, uh, BS, or as he wanted to be called that. And we just kind of did this show together. And uh, in the video you're going to see, this is filmed right before... Halloween and Brendan a lot of times you know things happened he couldn't show up so I kind of did this whole joke where I had like a doll that was uh, in place of him and I kind of dumped it on everyone as a surprise joke and of course like nobody got what the hell I was doing and back then when I look at the footage of myself I I, I just cringe at how obnoxious I was <laughs> and uh I have to say, though, with some of the stuff I did, I'm shocked with how I pulled that, how, how, how I even managed to try to do that show. I, I filmed with, like, three different, or three, three DSLR cameras. A lot of them were the same. And the problem with DSLRs is that they cut off after about 12 minutes of roll time. I think it changed these days. I, I don't uh, use them as much now. I just got myself a, or am getting myself a Blackmagic camera, and I'm excited for that. Uh, but... Having said that, you know, these cameras are cut off every 12 minutes, and I'd always grab someone. In this case, I think this guy's name was Houston. I think I found him on like Craigslist or something, and he agreed to do it. And he was, he was an amazing, sweet guy, and he shot the videos for us. And then later down the road, I uh, had some friends who I worked on movie sets together with who would shoot the show for me. And uh, some would, sometimes I would get someone who could shoot it and do sound, sometimes... Uh, I would shoot and do the sound and host and do everything at the same time while also watching out for the 12-minute mark. So we try to fit in reviews like before 12 minutes, and it was like, let's go. And I guess I was sort of in the spirit of, you know, Siskel and Ebert. Um, and back then also with, with, with these videos, we didn't have these little mics like I had here, these little um, lavalier mics. Uh, you know, it's kind of you see like a newscaster wear. And these mics will zero out a lot of audio. So if you got background audio, especially if you're filming in a bar, you hear a lot of noise. We just have one of those shotgun mics. You know, where you, where you see the guys like holding the pole above somebody on a movie set. We had that and we captured what we could with it. So the sound in this episode is uh, not so great. It was as good as we could get it. And we just worked with what we had. And, you know, with that, uh, we, we, we filmed an episode. And I guess when I put together these episodes, I edited it on a computer that couldn't handle three cameras at a time. It couldn't do the multi-cam editing thing. Like now my computer's faster. I can hit camera one, camera two, camera three, and, you know, edit it within seconds. And back then, if I had to edit something, it would take ages to switch between each camera. Anyone who's done nonlinear editing would know that, you know, imagine if you're on the timeline, you have to cut one part of the timeline and then go back and then put another part in. You, you, and you have to go back and forth every time you want to cut to someone's reaction. It was a nightmare to do. So I ultimately, for the sake of time purposes, just couldn't put together all the reviews I wanted, which to the... Uh, inconvenience of a lot of my co-hosts which I completely understood especially now watching it you know we couldn't put in but luckily 
you know, I kept that footage all the way from 2013 to today. And I, you know, I, I wasn't able to upload something last week because we kind of had a, a little election and I was extremely busy with that election, calling voters. And then after that, just celebrating and then kind of unwinding and I kind of took a much needed mental break from it, but I came back and I decided, you know what, I should finally do something with some of this footage. So this is the review I did for Halloween. And with this, there's a video of our favorite Halloween films. Uh, but before that, but uh, before we did our favorite Halloween films, which I actually did edit and put in the video, which you'll see at the end of the video, we filmed uh, uh, reviews for three separate movies, Th three of which I didn't even remember came out. They were very forgettable films. But it, you know what? This is great publicity for those movies if anyone wants to check them out out of curiosity now. And those films are, uh, I think it went the remake of Carrie in 2013 with Chloe Grace Moretz uh, and, the, and Julianne Andrews playing her crazy mother. Uh, Escape Plan with Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger. And the third one uh, was, I didn't see it, but Nick and Heather did, was The Fifth Estate about Julian Assange. You know, before we knew that a movie made about Julian Assange de depicting him, I think, as this sort of hero when, you know, we now found out, as Heather actually pointed out in her analysis, very... Uh, you know, very, very intellectually that this film was made a little too soon. And now that we found out what Julian Assange was really like, you know, letting his fingernails grow and sort of becoming a Howard Hughes type of figure, uh, you know, I, th I think he was like throwing feces at the wall at some point or something. <laughs> I could be wrong, but he was nuts. Uh, you know, they, they weren't a fan of that film. So I hope you enjoy these segments. Uh, it was kind of the idea I always wanted for the show in a way where people would talk about movies and then, you know, we show the trailer, we'd have sort of like an uncut discussion going between the cameras between everyone. And then we go to the trailer for the next film. And, uh, hopefully one day when this pandemic ends, I can actually go back to making the show the way I always wanted to. And in the meantime, I'm just kind of, uh, zooming people online, but we have been able to get far more in depth with movies than we, we did before where they just kind of felt like these standard conversations. And I feel like I really grew a lot since then. So I hope you enjoy uh, w what I put together here. Um, and I uh, and see you later. I, I don't really have much of an outro. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Hello, and happy Halloween. Almost, almost. Happy near Halloween. <laughs> We are at the Halstead Harbor. You get to drink and have a good time. Over with me is Nick Allen from scorecardreview.com. I'm Mike Crowley. This is Heather McLaren, and the soul of Ken Griffey Jr. has taken over BS and turned him into this evil doll. All right, that You'll like probably agree. Yeah. Completely also happening right now. All right. Speaking of possessed souls, let's talk about Carrie. All right, we'll talk about Carrie. Yep, yeah. good segue. I like that. Mama, I've been asked to prom. No, no, no. I don't think it'll laugh at you. They're all gonna laugh. 
Insecure, like, eh, it's like, I just don't buy it because she's a great actress, but I just think of her as, like, hit girl when she's like, yo, cocksucker, and like, just like usually, around. yeah, she's very confident. She usually yeah. plays a really confident yeah. teenager, and she's good at that. Yeah, I so. would, and like, there was a couple tiny, itty bitty little nice changes that I liked, like the whole YouTube thing. Nope, like, oh, when, I didn't like no, it. when they pour the blood on her in the end and they yeah. show the, the clip, no, that I mean, was kind of a nice. It was, a, touch, it was no. a modern touch, but not enough to justify yeah, it's the just, movie. It's just like know. when they throw TV oh, in the there and they throw cell phones. I would definitely say there's a difference. You watch Spacey Spacek in the original Carrie, she looks like an alien. She looks like an outsider, like even when she gets redone. Yeah. So Plumbing Grace from Red says she's all that syndrome. Like as soon as she gets made up for prom, 
she looks normal, and then you can't really... Well, Chloe Grace Moretz just looked normal throughout the whole she's thing. She's a cover girl. I don't think Sissy Spacek was ever on any magazine cover. Not that she's ugly or anything, but she's unusual looking, whereas Chloe Moretz is very traditionally pretty. And look, we love you, Sissy Spacek, but I mean, the thing is, with Sissy Spacek, she kind of looks like she's always on the verge of having a nervous breakdown. Especially, well, in that film, Maybe in Carrie, because she does. I mean, she does have a nervous breakdown, and then she kills a bunch of people. Well, yeah, it's a thing. Sorry. It's yeah. a thing. Yeah. But it's, it's more than just that Toy Moretz is pretty. It's that she's always just so on the ball. You just don't buy that she's she would not confident. be able to make friends. You don't buy it. Oh, yeah. True. Yeah. And that's not her fault. It's just... Her, but her of, hair is all raggedy, so that must mean that she It wasn't even raggedy. It was pretty well done. And, yeah, I mean, Julianne Moore, I mean, was, she was just... Good. Julianne Moore... No, nope. just no, but she was. She put in the. She put in work. Yeah. I think. Whatever you need. Too much work. Whatever you need a woman to cry on camera, or just oh, be really sad, just get Julianne Moore. Um, outside of that, it was just kind of a forgettable remake. You know, a few years from now, that shit will pop up on um, uh, HBO, and people go, "Oh yeah, that thing." And that'll be it. That that's scary. BS. Like a waste of money and effort. <laughs> what do you think? Okay, we're not gonna, are we really going to talk I'm sorry, we haven't made a doll talk. Yeah. This is the world. history you're I'm so freaked out right by now. this doll. So, trying to escape from one bad movie and going into another one, Let's talk about escape plan. Go make some friends. You're gonna need them. Back away. Who were you before you came in here? I break out of prisons for a living. You don't look that smart. Nick? Uh, okay. Um, Escape Plan is one of those movies that, uh, it's still an action movie, so it's kind of got like the bounds of like, you can be so dumb and then it'll be, like, it's fine. This is one of those movies that says, like, you know, I'm an action movie, but I'm also, I'm smart, I'm clever, you know, I do things. And yeah. then it turns out that every moment this movie thinks it's being clever with its, yes. you know, elaborate yes. escaping, it's actually just getting dumber and dumber. Yes. Uh, it is too unfortunate that, uh, this is Salai, 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 and and Schwarzenegger's first movie together. They made jokes about each other movies before. What? Expendables was. Oh, fuck my life. Okay, yeah, before Expendables, you know. So uh, the first one where they're first, together throughout the whole thing. First, yeah, the whole thing, and there's cameos or whatever. Um, this is the first, like, built from that nostalgia of Expendables. Yeah. Um, it's just, uh, it has 50 Cent playing a, a guy who wears glasses <laughs> named wait, wait. Hush. He's a computer really? Yeah, he's really? a computer genius named Hush, and oh he wears glasses. Wait. Really? Yeah, yes. no, you get excited, but it's really, like, it's not even, like, good bad. It's just kind of like, oh, this is kind of boring. <laughs> it's just kind of, uh, kind of boring, and, uh, although I like all the religious stuff, there's this really weird thing about religion being freedom, and then Jesus himself, James Caviezel, plays the bad guy, and... So that was kind of fun to chew on a little bit. But, uh, I don't think they had Jesus in mind. <laughs> no, well, they had. There's, a, there's like a bunch of religious things about like being like use the Bible to get out. Another guy wants to go pray to his God. It's just a little thing you should pick up when you're looking for it, I guess. Anywho, um, no, in terms of just like action, whatever. And also in terms of prison, not even that interesting to escape from. Yeah. I mean, I like the twist. I was not seeing it coming. There's a couple twists, or whatever. 
But, uh, no, I, yeah. uh, you know, I was uh, fine leaving escape plan. Yeah. You know, escape plan, myself. I'm going to be, hang on, I'm going to be perfectly honest. I was literally falling asleep during escape plan. When were you falling asleep, Michael? Don't ruin it. Probably about 15 minutes in. Okay, so that was after 50 Cent had showed up in glasses. I think so, that was, yeah. That was probably right when he got into the prison, right? Yeah, it was, it was when he's like, because uh, the, the thing is, Sylvester Stallone is a guy whose job is to break into, or, or to go to prisons to break out. He's not actually a criminal. So, that's his whole job, and you're just kind of like, why would he do that? That doesn't make any they act, sense. They literally asked that, though. It's like, what kind of man would want to spend half his life in prison or whatever? They yeah, act, they to make that. up for the shittiness of the idea. Right, but it's still a dumb movie, so it kind of starts, like, fine within that, like, unbelievable bound. And it's like, look, I'm cool with dumb movies, but they have to work within the context of the story of the dumb movie. I just think they have to be more exciting. Oh. You know, at least, like, add, you know, like, like a, Commando's a rocket a, launcher or something, yeah. you know. Like, Commando's a dumb movie, but everything movie. works. Commando is great. It's a great movie, but a dumb movie. And, but, it works within dumb. The, but it works within the context of a dumb movie yeah. where it's like the guy goes and saves kids does crazy shit now Sylvester Stallone's supposed to be a bad guy in it but he's killing guards who are just doing their jobs uh, well they're illegal henchmen so to speak but still you know? he's just killing them and and he's not a... and I know other movies that go around and kill the bad guys but they're bad guy bad guys sure they didn't really clarify they were bad guys are you like, for the are one you like disagreeing guard. with like the moral of yeah, I am partially. Um, the only good part of this movie was Schwarzenegger because he was great at delivering his one-liners, man. Statements. Schwarzenegger, we're talking about really. Schwarzenegger is goofy. Yeah, um, and, and he gets to speak plays, Austrian in it. In uh, the one part. Yeah, uh, that's a really weird scene. He's like praying and stuff, which is very. Strange. That was great. He was finally Arnold speaks Austrian. Yes. Uh, German, I think. Right? No, Austrian. Austrian. Austrian language? Yeah, it's German. That would probably be German. Yeah. That's what I thought. My brother-in-law said people from Austria speak Austrian. And I'm like, no, no that's German, you fucking idiot. Good day, mate. Yeah. Um, good day. Oh, sorry, I made a dumb and dumber joke. Um, no, I, I would say that uh, Schwarzenegger's fine, but it's disappointing to see him as just comic relief, you know? Like, you yeah. watch the movie, you want to see some fucking... At least, like, these guys are dying like, on screen. You can just see them withering away and stuff, which is... Yeah. You know, which is, you know, it's nostalgia, sure, but I mean, like, you would wish that they would at least kind of go more intense with each other. So they have kind of a few cute scenes, and Sly Stallone tries to come off as smart, because he's always been the thinking man action hero. Yeah. Stallone's always been the, how big can the gun be that I can shoot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, so, no, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I would say it's disappointing and, 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 and unfortunate that it kind of came out so late. Yeah, and also, I'm getting uninterested talking about this movie. I'm just doing this now. So wait, it's but, not even fun, though? Really? It's not fun, though. No, it's just it's like two so hours long. overdone. You know? And he tries to be clever, but it's not. Yeah. They're like, oh, here's a plot twist, and here's what Slice Alone really yeah. does. Here's who Arnold Schwarzenegger really is. It's like, okay, so what? And if I had to see one more shot of the camera going out to reveal the prison, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was it wasn't, so it wasn't cheesy. That, it wasn't, it wasn't like, prison. oh, haha, funny cheesy. It was like, are you fucking kidding me, cheesy? It wasn't. It didn't make me feel nervous about people inside. No, and I thought they would escape just fine, without a plan or not. <laughs> yeah. 
They, they, of course they would escape. Just walk out. And Jim Caviezel's whole role was just to like whisper in the film. Uh, I thought he was fine. I liked Jim Caviezel in these kind of weird roles. Um, but, uh, but uh, you know. And yeah, fuck, fucking life. You know? Terrible movie. I, I, I was just falling asleep during the whole thing. Um... I think when I was, you know what, I'm just going to go right to it. Nick, would you recommend The Tomb? Oh, I'm sorry, I mean Escape Plan. Yeah, The Tomb is another religious thing. It's another, okay, you. Uh, no, uh, I mean, if it's on, and it's on Redbox, there's a joke, uh, or Netflix or whatever, you know, maybe rent it, and, uh, but it's not even entertaining as a boring uh, entertaining is a bad movie. It's just, uh, it's about a bunch of slabs of meat kind of slapping to each yeah. other, you know? Which you can do by watching Rocky when he comes to Rocky with a bunch of meat. Exactly. So. I think the thing is, action movies were great the way they were with Sly and Arnold back in the 90s, but we've gone beyond that. And, you know, as bad as action movies are today, at least they try to develop a character and a story, at least most of them do in some way or another and this one's trying to harken back to where it's not doing it but it's past its prime and it's sad to see a movie like this and it's boring and I just would not recommend it so this isn't even a get drunk friend wait for the movie you fall asleep though you fall asleep it's so it's not even so bad it's funny it's just boring bad oh that's no good yeah it's disappointing I mean both the Expendables hold up you know they're both kind of weird but uh no the second one they're both good no they're not you'll probably agree fuck I almost said it first your time is up you tell whoever put me here I'm gonna burn this place to the ground. So, speaking of, uh, I, I don't have a segue for this. Fuck my life. Excuse me. Well done, guys. It was great. Really doing well. <laughs> oh. Let's go in there. <laughs> Shit. Fifth Estate is a movie. Fifth Estate. Hey, Heather. Okay. Did you see Fifth Estate? I did. I did too. Did you like it? No. No. It's not a very good movie, is it? It's kind of super boring. Yeah, it is kind of boring. It uh, looked terrible to me. Well, I didn't see it. We're going to nail those bastards. Former head of Iceland's biggest bank has been accused of fraud. We took down a billion dollar bank. <laughs> this is crazy. Courage is contagious. It's not a good movie. I would say that uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, whatever. Uh, I like Daniel Bruhl. You know, he was trying Literally to get. Literally three weeks ago, I was all like, I'm so excited. He's getting more work, and this movie made me be like, well. This makes me sad. He's gonna get completely whitewashed out of like American movies. I know. No, he's not. Yeah, he definitely no, he's could. Not. He's not. He's not doing well. Uh, He'll be fine. JJ's got his back. Anywho, um, I would say if you uh, like Euro Trash Clubs, you know, uh, go to one uh, instead of going to this movie to yeah. see it. And uh, if. Uh, so, this is like a giant party movie? No, it's just a lot of scenes in like a Euro Trash. Oh, my favorite part of the movie is that you can almost hear the director being like, okay, I want you to slam the laptop harder and then run. There's a lot of scenes where people are like. This is totally how people really write great. on a computer. <laughs> they, they slap like little seals trying to type or something, you know, and they like go to places. Like you, yeah, they go to Wi-Fi. I don't know. Uh, that shit's boring. I mean, the thing is, there's so many people involved that I really, really like. Oh yeah. Daniel Bruhl. I was excited to see Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. Julian Assange. Sure. I thought that sounded interesting. I love Laura Linney. I love Laura Linney. I love Laura Linney. 
Laura Whitty, guys. But Laura, it, Laura Linney for me has really made the movie obvious. It's like, oh, it's going to be this kind of movie. Yeah, it's true. Where it's gonna, she's going to play like all the things. Everything's going to be very clear in dialogue. All these things. And they're going to feel like, she's like unstoppable or whatever. It's just kind of very... And then at the end, of course, it's a Walt Disney movie that distributed it. So it's like, okay, it's like, all right, it all so makes sense. This movie is coming from a place that maybe yeah. is not the most honest of places yeah. to tell oh, no, the story. No, this is just like a very soft, you know, the, the corners that are kind of sharp have been kind of trimmed down. It was interesting to see a whole part about editing, like what do you edit when it comes to this kind of information on WikiLeaks, and what do you, what do you not? Uh, so I thought that was interesting. So the third act, kind of for me, wasn't that boring. I didn't hate this movie, but I just really wasn't inspired to care about it or to care about Assange or care about WikiLeaks, and and it just made him look like a dirty hippie. It really you know? did. And I don't like dirty hippie movies. You know? Julian Assange, I don't know that much about him, but every time I've heard him like interviewed, he's a really really strange. There could be a decent movie made about this man eventually. Maybe. I think one, yeah. it's probably too soon. Yeah. Yeah. And two, I don't know. This movie. Now, now that brings up a great point when you say too soon because I noticed there's a lot of movies now today where people have to make something about it right away. You know, like 9-11, for example. Yeah, they made those pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, they made... When 1993 came on, you like that. No, 1993 was beautiful. That was a respectful, great film. But then they, they come out with World Trade Center, directed by Oliver Stone. Yeah, it was. It came out a few months later. It was directed by Oliver Stone, and it was just... A sappy lifetime movie that was very manipulative, and like uh, you said earlier, extremely loud and incredibly close, extremely loud and incredibly manipulative. I forgot that I talked oh, about yeah. that. Yeah. Which has 9/11 in its plotline, and Rain Over Me had 9/11 in it. What? I mean, that's dealing with a moment. That's dealing. I think it's dealing. But but they're, they're still but they're still a movie like World Trade Center. Yeah, I think the issue here. All right, maybe it's not that it's made too soon. Maybe. The, I think that the computer problem you spoke of. Yeah. People have a hard time making movies about the internet. Yeah, and making them interesting. Yeah. Because it's kind of hard translating that to film in a way that makes sense at all. Like the social network did it. That's pretty much the only one I can think of. That was the only one that was brilliant about it. It really defined what's wrong with our generation. Well, no, I think Social Network is a movie that. You hear that, kids? You can watch Social Network and then you can understand more about what you're doing and so forth. WikiLeaks is more like, oh, there's this news event and they made it about it and, you know, I don't know. There's a lot to say about... Yeah. It's interesting about journalism. Like the right, like, traditional journalism, the right that we have to information versus what, like, do we deserve information or do we deserve safety? Like, there's a lot to say. This movie didn't say any of those things. Yeah, yeah. Not right now. Not to mention, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut no, you. No, no, I'm, I'm not. Not to mention that the, the guy who, you know, was the actual wiki leaker, he trashed this movie. What, Julian Assange? 
Yes, yeah, he did. Of course he did. He did. He did. Of course he did. It but doesn't movie, make him look good. The movie even tried to beat him to the punch at the very end. It tried to have this like snarky. This is not really a spoiler, but it's just kind of like this is the kind of movie it was, where he was trying to be like hip, up like, to date, really in a head, and it was it like failed. we're gonna have Benedict Cumberbatch as Assange doing a documentary about a WikiLeaks movie, and then say it's called the anti anti WikiLeaks movie. We don't hit a fucking Australian accent. I'm sorry. Anywho, yeah, something the world should know. Um, come. That was from the trailer. Okay. But no, the world deserves to know. It's just, it's just that it's, it was like it tried to be, it wanted to be hip, and I'm sure like maybe if it was done better, but trying to make drama out of computer slapping, and uh, it's hard, and, and it's hard, and it's hard to make geeks interesting too, and that's what this movie is a victim of. Plus, so never makes it a geek because these geeks are indicative of us and the internet, and yes. Facebook, and so yes. forth. Yes, yes, yes. But uh, well, like, you know, like Mark Zuckerberg's story with you know what's her face, but uh, but this is just kind of like. Oh, there's just a bunch of Euro nerds that are, you know, typing a bunch of gibberish on computers and talking to each other on text and getting angry when they read text or whatever, so... It's just... So okay. I don't know enough about the way yeah. these sales really yeah. comment, but I do remember that it was kind of a really... It was, it was fascinating to read about when it first yeah. was happening. Yeah. And this movie makes it all so dull. Yeah. It's kind of incredible. Yeah. It's it so is. Wow. I think it is incredible, yeah. Would you recommend seeing this film... Uh, no, I would recommend um, seeing it if you really want to and you don't know too much about WikiLeaks, but then you'll look it up later anyways. Or you could look up about WikiLeaks on Wikipedia. So, right, if you're one of two types of people, you should see this movie. One, if you're one of those anonymous types, like not anonymous, <laughs> anonymous, anonymous, the hacker group that's obnoxious. Sure. If you're one of those types, you'll probably want to see this movie so you can have an opinion about it. The only other reason is if you're one of those crazy Benedict Cumberbatch fangirls on Tumblr and just want to look at him they for a couple them hours. Cumber bitches, that's what he called them. <laughs> which is kind of funny, but also like seems oh, very terrible. dangerously offensive. That's, kind of that's wow. I that's what he called them. That's, that's what he a said. double pun. That's what he said. I love that a little bit. That's awful. Cumberbatch called his ladies Cumberbitches? Or just his fans. Wow, I love this dude now. But anyway, if you really, really are into this guy, see him. Look at him for two hours. It's not his best work, but you enjoy how he looks. Just see where Wrath of Khan. Oh, I mean Star Trek Into Darkness. Yeah. So, sounds like it's bad, and I'm probably not going to see it. But I'll see it for you, too. No, you BS, we haven't heard from you. What do you think? Oh, God, no, don't talk to the goddamn dog. It's just you and your ego and the lies you tell to get whatever you want. This is information the world needs to know. We need to crush these guys. It's life. Times is life. Thank you for watching, everyone. Remember to like, comment, subscribe. Click on the videos below if you want to see more shit. Um, and I want to thank Nick Allen from scorecardreview.com and Heather McLaren. I'm Mike Crawley from Nothing. This is. I'm Mike Crawley from Nothing Too. And this is BS, who's been possessed with a Ken Griffey Jr. Alright. Just bye. Happy Halloween!